When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the PHNX Suns podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Lindsay Smith here with Saul Bookman, Espo, and Gerald Borgay. Gentlemen, the question of the day is, if you use a serrated knife, to cut a loaf of bread, do you wash it completely or just wipe it off and put it back in the drawer? Oh, I wash it. I am in a unique position because my wife has celiac disease and so does my daughter. So if it's real bread and not gluten-free bread, I have to. Otherwise, somebody gets sick. Oh, I mean, I was just going to say I would wash it, but that that's nice. You have a actual An reason actual to do reason. it. And that's why you wash your knives, because you never know who's going to come over and eat some shit. <laughs> and steal your bread and, and not wash and, your And knife. eat the residue off of your dirty ass knife. <laughs> can I can I make a request sure. that, that you, at the top of the show from now on, just instead of saying Espo, say Gerald Bourget's mouthpiece. I would like to be known <laughs> as that from now on. I'm going to be your hype man is what I'm that's trying nice. to say here. So. Nice. Yeah. I think that's a lot of work. <laughs> But I'll, I'll try. All right. I'll try. You might have to remind me tomorrow before the show starts. All right. We've got wait, wait, a few... wait, wait. What about you? It depends on the situation, but there, half of the time I'll probably just wipe it off and put it back. I'll be honest. It's just bread. <laughs> it's just bread. It still has stuff in it. Yeah, but you, you do like a quick rinse under the faucet and wipe it off and you're good. I'm talking like, do you sit there and like scrub oh. it and all that stuff? Or is it just like a quick rinse and then call it a day? I mean, it doesn't take much to just with the sponge and the soap. Yeah, but I don't want to do it. You don't have the sponge and soap in one with the little... Yeah, but I don't want to do it. It depends on the day, I'll be honest. Then you got to get your hands wet. Yeah, if I'm being dirty. real lazy, I'm just gonna... I mean, if I'm if I'm just wetting the knife and then I'm drying it with the towel, like I'm pretty much wiping off whatever might have been on there, right? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's from what I'm that, saying. From that half uh, second of hell, bread contact. To hell no. Who knows what's on that sponge or that... Uh, that uh, or a pa- you could use a paper using. towel or you could just set it on a drying <laughs> rack. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm aware if that's probably not scientifically bread. accurate, but... Probably not. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> When have we ever been scientifically accurate on this program? All the time. <laughs> Alex, me, sons have made no moves. <laughs> Neither is the rest of the <laughs> NBA. <laughs> well, that's debatable, Alex, because we have breaking news. A tweet from the one and only Mikhail Bridges. He said, Katie is hilarious, LOL. And that confirms that Katie's Katie coming to Phoenix. Phoenix. Let's go. We did it. Woo! We did it. Told you, Espo. <laughs> Suck it, Espo. Get me the clippers. We're trimming my hair off. <laughs> Ain't well, happening. Well, I mean, to be honest, maybe we did assume too early because <laughs> somebody on Twitter quote tweeted Mikhail's tweet and said, I'm going to go ahead and read into this more than I should. That was from Cody. And Mikhail responded to him, please don't, LOL. I think that was Mikhail's <laughs> message to all of us not to overreact. <laughs> 
But he could, that's just a play. Well, that's because he doesn't want to go to Brooklyn. I mean, we've already decided it's it's Aiton and Bridges for KD, and he doesn't want to go to Brooklyn. So he's just covering his own bases there, you know, that, that it's that confirmed Katie's here. But Mikhail's <laughs> like, hey, don't trade me. Get you know, get Cam Johnson in there. Somebody else, just not me. All <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. Somebody so, else. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all backroom dealing. <laughs> I love I love all the Twitter sleuths out there, right? The, the NBA, Twitter, CSI, social media, CSI, that they're scouring everything right now. It's like <laughs> national treasures. Is there a message hidden in any of this? Can we figure out anything? There's messages hidden in everything. The, the answer is no. No, we can't. The answer is yes. <laughs> yes, we can. Be more optimistic, Espo. Like Believe in something. The, the answer is out there. Um, we also got some really cool news that came on social media today. Saul, you want to tell us about this one? Uh, sure. LeBron's really, really rich. Yeah. Uh, he's officially <laughs> he's the first ever active NBA player to hit the billion dollar mark, which I think is pretty cool just because if you know m- much about LeBron, you've you've seen all the activity that he's done in the community. Um, you know, the um, the the school that he built, the mm-hmm. the promise that he made. I think it's they called the I Promise School. Yeah. Um, out in Akron, Ohio, he's done so much in that community by itself. Um, even even for the things that he's been shamed about, like the decision, all the money that he made from the decision went straight to the Boys and Girls Club. Like, mm-hmm. so in in this matter, um, like I I really appreciate what LeBron does do. Um, he's very active. He's not shy about being active. Um, he's he's a philanthropist, uh, whether you like him or not. And so I. Kudos to him and congratulations. Confirmation, LeBron to Phoenix. Money doesn't matter. Chasing championships does. Well, he's just going to buy the Suns. I was going to say, he's just going to come here, play a year, buy the Suns, and then just run the whole team. I'm cool with that. He's like, I heard somebody uh, might be on the way out. Uh, Confirmed, LeBron James to Phoenix. I'd like to be a part of that ownership group. (laughs) Y'all, we're getting so many superstars this offseason. Let's go. We've had an active coach. I wonder if this is against the rules in the NBA. We've had an active coach also be a head coach at the same time. Bill Russell did it in the 60s, player and they won a championship, a player coach. I wonder if there's if there would ever be the possibility of a player owner. I don't know why not. I mean, there was always the speculation that Jordan might have tried it at some point, but I don't know why you couldn't. I mean, there's nothing. There might be a conflict of interest. Like let's, like say, let's say, let's say LeBron was still there. playing for the Lakers and he bought the Suns. <laughs> well, okay. There's a little case, bit of a conflict that, of interest in that oh. case, but I'm saying the owner of said team playing for his own team. I don't know why that would be a conflict yeah, of interest. True. I mean, you can put anybody on your roster. You well, want. then, then it could but, but still then, be a conflict of interest because now are we going to trade the owner of our team? And then if he gets traded, then he no longer can be. Well, he would no, be. He, he, he would be control he of that. Controls but what I would say is, that's what I'm saying. That creates but, its own but conflict. What of I would interest. say is, LeBron would. Let's just say he was a, a Phoenix Sun and he owned the Suns. He could be like, oh yeah. I'm playing for $5 million this year, and that's it. And they just save a whole it's bunch of money his so own, they can go get after It's people. his own money, to be fair. So, like, I don't see, I don't I see the like issue. I feel like there's too many, too many what-ifs in that situation. Yeah. Now the we NBA got, would never approve it, I don't think. Gerald, call up a CBA expert. Let's understand, can a player own a team and play for the team? That would be pretty cool. Now we're trying to that sell the cool. Suns and get a superstar. I mean, because Michael Jordan... Wait, didn't Michael Jordan own a percentage of the Wizards? He might have when he When played. he did play for the Wizards? He might have. That sounds right, but... I know he did it when is. he was an executive. He just stumbled so. across this. <laughs> 
Cool. It didn't anyway. help the Wizards. No, no, it sure didn't. It hasn't helped the Hornets either. That's him true. being the owner. So. All right, guys. So today's topic of conversation is love and hate relationships. Mm-hmm. And the one that we all seem to have with the Phoenix Suns. So in preparation for this show, I tweeted out two separate tweets at the exact same time back to back. <laughs> what do you love about the Phoenix Suns? And what do you hate about the Phoenix Suns? Mm-hmm. And not surprisingly, but a little bit disappointing. She did ask us too. Uh, hate <laughs> did. Yep. got far more engagement <laughs> than love. And I'm talking like a ton more. Lindsay texted us does. and said, who do you guys think, what do you think is going to win out? And Gerald and I immediately were like, oh yeah, hate. Gerald actually came with the hate, 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 <laughs> gift, hate, 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 which I very much appreciate. How was so. I the only one that went love? Like, I even uh, tried to give love a little extra love by Lindsay, that's why. him to the true. <laughs> Fuck um, Lindsay. I don't care. Oh, wow. 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 Hey, 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 what do you guys love about the Phoenix Suns? I, I I will say this. I just I I'm I'm I love the Suns in the simple fact that I've never been quote unquote a bandwagon fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've followed this team my entire life, and um, one of the things that I really really appreciated was being able to when I was in the military and not be able to watch the Suns, be able to watch these games and still feel like the atmosphere in the arena and the passion that the Suns fan base has for the Suns and when I when when I was able to follow the team in 2018 even though it was a bad year you could still feel the passion from the diehards um which I always expected I would feel but um I didn't you know it was the first time I, I could actually witness it in person and so I, I Suns fans might not realize it but they are a special unique breed of fan because we're much like what the Red Sox fans used to be before they won a World Series and the Cubs Bitter. fans used to be, you know, like we're almost like a lovable loser where you're just like, you're so close so many damn times, you just can't get over the hump. And at some point, we're going to get over the hump. Like those dogs that are just so ugly, they're cute kind of a thing. <laughs> Shit. Damn. You know what I mean? Are that was we that? how my wife felt about me, too. Are we that? Uh, <laughs> it's getting worse. <laughs> what do you guys love about the sun? Well, you can go first. I mean, I... With this particular team, I love this group that they have, and I know it could look very different next year, and we see changes with the roster every year, but this core group of guys are a young team, a fun team. They had great chemistry, and I know that's been soured in the last few weeks by what happened in the playoffs, but like, I don't think we should lose sight of how memorable and fun this season was, even if it ended in the worst way possible. Like these guys are all good dudes. Um, they all get along and they're so entertaining to talk to and to listen to sound bites of. Um, and I don't think we should lose sight of that, especially now as we head into the off season where pretty much everyone, but Devin Booker <laughs> feels, uh, not up for grabs, but you know what I mean? Not, uh, necessary, not untouchable. <laughs> not so necessary. not untouchable. That's the better way of putting yes. it. But, I, I, I do love this particular Suns teams, and I've been covering this team since 2015, and I've never had a locker room with a group of guys to that are accessible and willing to talk to you and just good dudes all around like that. So I think that's 
something we're shouting out if mm-hmm. we're talking about love. I have a huge list. Are we just going to keep going around? Yeah, we're just rattling I... some. Well, so yeah, dump and then it out, we've got or... a few from Twitter, too, oh. that I pulled. So just give us your top one, I guess, or top well, two. Well, I mean, when you look at it, and I think this comes as no surprise after yesterday's episode, the purple and orange hold a, 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 a soft spot in my heart mm-hmm. because uh, it's the, the Jerry Seinfeld quote that always gets referenced. In the end, you're basically rooting for laundry when it comes to sports. Everything changes. The players, the team, or mm-hmm. the players, the coach, the owners, uh, you know, the arenas. But the thing that usually stays is, is the team colors. So I, there's something about anytime I see that, no matter what it is, it gives me that feeling. That's but, that's also why I don't have a problem with fans say we when they reference the Suns or anything like that because I feel like as a fan, if you're a diehard fan, you've been part of this organization longer than all the players, most of the front office, like they live and breathe their team. So it's okay if you want to represent and say, you know what, also, I'm part of the Suns too. We, fuck it. Your money is what helps keep yeah. this type of stuff afloat. Mm-hmm. If you're not watching games, if you're not buying merch, you're not buying tickets, this stuff doesn't Boom. exist. Yeah, the the Suns are the city. The Sun and that's actually on my list. It's you know what <clears throat> what this team means to this town and we saw it even, you know, through all the crap of of the previous decade. Look, this city is the is the team, right? It, without the passion, the community, the people, the willingness to just talk about this. And, and you know, it's 2 p.m. on a June Thursday when the Suns are out of the playoffs. And we're still, we have all these people in our chat. We're mm-hmm. sitting here talking about it. The Suns are nothing without the community and, and, and the city around them. They're just a bunch of athletic guys in tank tops, uh, you know, in an empty building without... Uh, without the fans in the community, so I love that about this. I don't have to like everybody in the in the community, but I love the community as a whole. Um, I agree. I think community is probably one of the top things on my list. Um, like we have a really great community here, and without the Suns, we wouldn't have that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I think that's one of the things that I love the most about this team is that it's been it's created and given us this community that we all get to enjoy every single day. Want to look at a couple on Twitter? Of course. So Ryan Nelly on Twitter, this is one that's on my list as well, said they are the original team here and are the only franchise to have and keep Phoenix in their name. I love the colors, logo, rich history, even with all the heartbreaks. Al McCoy, the fan base, Colangelo, they were my first love of a sports team and will always be that way. Um, I do like the very beginning portion of this from Ryan that they kept Phoenix instead of switching Mm -hmm. to Arizona like a lot of the teams here have. Mm -hmm. And I don't mind that some of the teams have switched to Arizona. I think Arizona flows better with some of the other teams. But for the Phoenix Suns, I'm glad that they've kept it Phoenix this long. And I hope they continue to keep it Phoenix forever. Yeah, I I think a big reason why is because the other teams came. They were transplant teams. The the two that, that, that changed their names right off the bat. Obviously, the Coyotes and the Cardinals, they were transplant teams. They tried to identify with the city the same way that they had come from. And they just decided, you know what, this is this isn't working. It doesn't really it doesn't fit. So let's let's just be a state team instead of just a city. Whereas the Suns and the Diamondbacks originated and stuck with their their 
their first original name, which I can appreciate and I respect. And I, I don't want them to flip flop. Like you're the Phoenix Suns. That's just what you are. You're the Arizona Diamondbacks. That's just what you are. That's what you were born to be. That's what you are. And I appreciate that. I, I was concerned when all the arena talk that if they moved to Scottsdale or had to move in some of these other places out of Phoenix, that, that would become a negotiable thing because mm-hmm. the Phoenix Coyotes, the only reason they changed their name to Arizona was it was part of a stipulation in a lease agreement with mm-hmm. the city of Glendale at one point was they had to change the name to the Arizona yeah, Coyotes. They didn't like Phoenix. How petty. They didn't want Phoenix to get the love if, <laughs> yeah. if Phoenix wasn't supporting How the team. petty yeah. is that? I mean, I get well, it, though. I get it. The 49ers are kind of in the same boat where they 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 literally – don't play anywhere near San Francisco. They play in like fucking San Jose, Santa Santa Clara. San, um, yeah. And, you know, they kept San Francisco because they weren't going to call themselves the California 49ers. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> well, next up, we've got... I you had something to say. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was just thinking about the 49ers being... Uh, <laughs> next up from uh, Begworthy on Twitter. They said, I love the fan base loyalty... History of risk-taking, creating a few of the most entertaining teams in sports history. All the incredible players who gave it their all for us and Al McCoy. Yeah, Al was on my list too, Mm -hmm. simply because, I mean, all but four years of this franchise, the guy has called it. So he's been the soundtrack of everything. You know, we talk about the, uh, you know, we talk about how, everything changes well al hasn't he's been there he's like, like the one consistent yeah, you could turn on the radio and you're hearing the same thing that uh you know that you heard when you were a kid and there's something comforting about that for me you know like mm-hmm. that's that means something to me it brings me back to being nine years old sitting in my room and the only way i could you know be connected to the team was through what al had to say so i i appreciate that as well yeah, Al's, Al's a great one. I also wanted to throw in there the fact that, like, as much as this offseason has hurt us personally because this was supposed to be the year, I think the reason it hurt so much is because as a team that's been here for 54 years, the longest tenured team in the NBA to not win a title, the original team here in the Valley, like, when they do actually win a damn title, it's going to be, like, the best day the city has ever seen like that championship parade is going to be incredible and just the collective sigh of relief and joy from the fan base is going to be really cool and i think that kind of touches on you know the the element of like we're kind of we feel like an exclusive fan base at times because we've suffered through so much over the years so when that day finally arrives where we get over that hump like that's going to be a really, really cool moment for the city, for the team, for a fan base, everybody involved. That's going to be really cool to witness. Oh, I mean, even just getting back to the finals last year, mm-hmm. uh, we were doing a, a different post-game show at the time, and I literally cried on that <laughs> post-game show because I just it was this weird emotion that came through because it was almost this relief that, Oh, finally. Like, I was nine the last time this happened. This is pretty amazing. Yeah. Which is also where the anger comes from. Yes. I mean, you're not the only one. Mark in the chat said, I will ugly cry if the Suns ever win a championship. million percent. Like, there's, it would just, 
it's just like you've gone through all of this heartache and hard work to finally reach that point. And it'll it'll come. It'll eventually come. It's been a long uh, time. Faith. It's been 21 years since we last saw a championship anywhere close to the Valley. So, mm-hmm. <sighs> Outside of Mercury and Rattlers, of course. Yes, right. of course. Uh, all right. Manny Romero on Twitter said, they're just the consummate underdog, the most successful team without a title, hands down. Both incredible and heartbreaking. Really the quintessential example of life. Good and bad, painful yet amazing. Sublime, sublime sons. And like you have, you do have to be able to, if you are investing in anything in life, relationships, people, fan, like a team, anything, a job, you have to understand there are going to be ups and downs within life and you have to be along for the ride. You got to learn how to ride the wave. You know what I mean? And that's a part of the joy and the beauty of life. Every Arizona sports team will teach you that lesson. Every single one. (laughs) I mean, every single one. Everyone (laughs) has flirted with the championship. Everyone has come devastatingly short. Um, It's outside of the two that you talked about, Um, you know, and it's and it's frustrating, you know, and especially when you when you're talking about the big four, right? Like the, the, the four pro sports teams that most people like, you know, you know, kind of put on a pedestal, if you will, mm-hmm. um, rightfully so or not, um, you know, you want to win one because that's where all the trash talk is too. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck, I'm so sick and tired of Warriors fans or Celtics fans or Lakers fans with their 17 championships. And you're just like, I just want one. Just one. I just want, <laughs> I just want a taste of what it feels like to be a champion. Mm-hmm. Just one. I want to wear a fucking shirt that says champion. <laughs> Once, <laughs> once outside of 1997, once, please. I can, I can get you a champion brand shirt. Uh, look, I it when he puts it like that though, it makes you wonder why am I investing all this time <laughs> in something that reminds me of everyday life? <laughs> I got enough that reminds me of of the bad but, but in this world. That's yeah. sports so as a sad whole. to be you sometimes. That's sports as a whole. It's it so is. Sad. It really is. Why, but, Jesus. You just, man, I feel so sorry for it's you. It's the most high-functioning toxic relationship that any of us exactly. have ever been a part of. Exactly. It really is. But that's any sort of like competitive thing, mm. which is mostly sports. But anything like that is going – you're going to have those heartaches and you're going to have the ups and the downs. It just is what it is. The only problem Frank is – Frank said – Frank in the chat, sorry, said being a Suns fan builds character. It does. It does. <laughs> the only problem with being a Suns fan is, is outside of cheering, we really have – no direct impact on the team outside of like our personal lives where we have a little bit more control. Mm-hmm. At least I do. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on the day who it is, right? <laughs> oh, man. Jay in the chat said, I've always wondered why I was attracted to toxic relationships. Now I know why. There you go. I'm so sorry, Jay. Welcome, brother. But listen, <laughs> at least we've reached an enlightening kind of a moment here, and mm-hmm. now we can work to fix it. <laughs> Now we know the red flags to look for this because is wh- the sons have taught us that. This is why we need like once a week, we need to bring a therapist in here <laughs> and do therapy hours for our fan base. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> how, did, how did the sons hurt you? Show me on this doll, please. Oh, Where my did God. They- too far. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no. Right here in the heart was what I was trying to say. Next one, Justin on Twitter said, I love the fans, uniforms, logos, franchise legends, and my favorite current player, Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is interesting. The, the one on this one that I kind of want to talk about is the fans because uh, we have that on the other side of the coin as well. So mm-hmm. let's talk about what is great about Suns fans. 
before we talk about what may not be the yeah. best about Sunsense. <laughs> Blind loyalty. <clears throat> I don't know. Like, no, I, Passion. Yeah. Commitment. Passion. Commitment. The fact that even when it was bad, it still like stayed as a community where we're all like, yeah, we're watching bad basketball, but at least we can kind of suffer through this together and, and have a group to talk through about it with. So I liked that too, because I met so many great people running sun social. And after that, that it didn't matter the wins and losses. You were building those relationships with other people. Some of which I still talk to, to this day that I met nine years ago, you know, when I started working for the team. So I think that's a really cool aspect. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Cause you know, up until, um, 2019, really, I wasn't, I wasn't really involved in Suns Twitter as much as everybody else. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I was down at the U of A and I was kind of covering the Wildcats and I was just, I watched the Suns, I watched every single game, but I just wasn't involved on Twitter the, the way everybody else was. And Suns Twitter is a very real thing. It's a very real place. Like, mm -hmm. and if you don't know, when you find out what it's all about, you're like, holy crap, like this, there's a lot that goes into this. And to Espo's point last year, when we started, when I joined him on, on the other podcast, like it was really cool to see how many people like embraced what was going on, wanted to be a part. They wanted to meet up at the arena or they wanted to meet up um, at the bar or whatever. And, you know, again, like so many relationships that have been built in just for me the last couple of years, which I think is fantastic. Like if it weren't for son's Twitter, um, you know, or sitting next to a guy like Gerald who didn't ever talk to me at the games. Like he just, I just talk to you. He just shunned me all the time. <laughs> He's busy him, tweeting. Him, him, and at him. him and Kellen Olsen. <laughs> Kellen Olsen didn't say a single word to me until I gave him a stack of uh, Sour Patch Kids. And then all of a sudden it was like magic. He was like, hey, what's okay, up, buddy? Because Kellen Olsen is an introvert. <laughs> We're He's both not just shy. Strike up a conversation. Hold on a second. If I hadn't talked to you for years, my reward would have been Sour Patch Kids. Right? Like, I, I damn, screwed this screwed shit up. up. I took you to an oyster lunch. <laughs> you did. Oh, that's solid. I mean, I, that was far more expensive well, than Sour Patch Kids. I have to bring Gerald. some Sour Patch Kids We need tomorrow. to stop Sorry. talking to Saul. Apparently. Lindsay was too good for me. No, oh, please. For a fact. Please. But another example, like, I've I've made some, some really good friends through it. Like, I met... The, the writer of Deadpool and, you know, and Zombieland, all these movies. And I struck up a friendship simply because we're Suns fans. There was this connection mm -hmm. and we started DMing on Twitter and became friends. Mm -hmm. Like that's, it's the, it's the craziest thing. You could, like I met a producer on Mad Men who was a huge Suns fan and we just started talking. Like there's all these random people that you just meet simply because, oh, we root for this team together. It doesn't matter race culture religion none of that crap matters when you're talking sons basketball like it it, it just it kind of goes away and it's almost a relief in this world where everything's so damn divisive the 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 thing we agree on is you know screw lakers fans but that's like that has nothing to do <laughs> yeah, with yeah. with who they are it's just the team they root for and i think it's very uh, it's very cool that you can set everything else aside and just be like hey we have this common interest. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about it. I love, too, that whenever you meet somebody in real life that you've been friends with on Twitter for a while, they're like, oh, you're at such and such. And uh -huh. it's your handle. It's not your real name. It's whatever your yeah, handle yeah, is. And yeah. I love that so much. <laughs> I think that's something that just is super fun. Um, Chris you, in the chat says. Do you get says, that, Lindsay? 
Well, my, I mean, your they, aunt Lindsay Smith is. No, but that's how we like. My TV if, Lindsay. If, if I meet somebody, they're like, "Oh, I'm such and such on Twitter," and I'm like, "Oh, oh that's, that's right, yeah, I know yeah, you." Yeah, like exactly. we talk all the time, gotcha, okay. or whatever. You know what I mean? Yes. For people who don't have their real names on Twitter, and that is helpful when people do that because those, there's nothing that makes you feel worse as a human being when someone's like, "Hey, I know you from Twitter," and I'm like. Can you give me your handle? Yeah, what's your handle? Yeah, for the sure. profile pictures are this big. Yeah, I need like for sure. There's a guy named uh, uh, at Vagoda, and he's always in the Coyotes chat. And I met him at a game, mm-hmm. and obviously his picture is Abe Vagoda. And if you don't know who that is, it's awesome. a very, very old <laughs> actor, right? Actor, yeah. um, but I met him in person, and he's like, not that guy. And he had to tell me, like, I'm Vagoda. I'm like, oh, okay, gotcha. You yeah, know, I'd so. be amazed if it was because Abe Vagoda's dead. Yeah, he so is that dead. would be he pretty impressive. Yeah. But no, it is cool when you just, like, I wouldn't be at where I'm at in my career without that community, without Suns fans, without Suns Twitter. Like, that's how I got my start. Was, You're welcome, Gerald. Yeah, thank you. But <laughs> thank here you, I was. I thought it was Suns because of Sarver. <laughs> but, like, oh, God, here we go. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like it, it's it is really cool. Like when you look at where all these different people are from, from, and you realize you have people that you know in Australia and all over the country, oh, yeah. not just here in Phoenix too. So it's it's a pretty cool sense of community. And I know we're going to complain about certain sects of Suns fandom here in a little bit, but by and large, like we none of us would be where we are without this oh, fan base and this community. But, but also, know. even the media set. Like I know this is a little inside baseball, but I. I remember when I met you. Mm-hmm. I mean, this little like, guy, not little, but like young no, I was kid. I was he baby. was baby. This, I was baby This faced. young kid. I mean, it was 2014, am I right? Like, yeah. And you were the new guy in, in the media room. And I remember mm-hmm. going over and introducing myself. And like these little things mm-hmm. lead to other things. And it's just, it's really cool that one central uh, team can, can be so pivotal in so many lives. Mm-hmm. All right. Last one I got from Twitter from Philip. Said they're uniforms. Yep. I think that's a solid one. (laughs) But I think over the last handful of years, at least, they haven't had too many horrible uniforms. Like, I didn't love the orange ones, but once they were on the players and on the court, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Um, So at least we've been doing it decently. I like what's what's supposed <laughs> no, what's I been reported too. for I, next year. I like. I do. Them. I like the rumors too. So. And historically, we have some of the coolest we uniforms do cool in ones. NBA, if not the coolest, with the sunburst. Like, I don't know how to read. Uh, okay, uh, I know how to read that. Washed did, wrong. Washed wrong says, <laughs> "I found my dad through Sud's Twitter," and I don't know if that's an attempt at a joke or something that's <laughs> or really, if that's a story that really, we need to write. Yeah, that we need to know. I'm gonna need. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have some follow up questions. Hit up, hit up Gerald in the DMs. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. Anything else that you love about yeah. the Phoenix Suns? David, can you toss me uh, that thing? You take it off the hanger and toss to me. Oh, this is boy. another thing I love. Uh, oh, from the Phoenix Suns. I uh, just to bring that on in here. Oh, this, this is why we why? have David in the room. It's the gray oh. Suns jersey from back in the day. You mean the one that Will in the chat just said the gray sleeve unis were the worst with <laughs> the puke face emoji? Here's Those the ones? actual authentic no. oh. one right there. Because so. you, you didn't want to believe that Espo actually had this when he said it yesterday. I just loved how much you guys oh hated it, so God. I had to bring it in. Oh. Lord, so those were horrible. I was gonna throw out, you know, like Charles Barkley, Steve Nash, Mike D'Antoni, seven seconds or less is things I love, but clearly we're ready to transition to hate. Yeah, so. no, please, <laughs> let's do it. I think there's there's pretty much almost every single player that has come through this uh, city who has been who wanted to be here anyway. <laughs> yeah, 
it has some really good qualities about them, things that you could cheer for and root for as mm-hmm. a fan. So um, mm. shout out to a majority of the players out there. <laughs> the more I... Yeah. Uh, she said a majority of the players. Yeah, I said majority. <laughs> We're leaving a little bit of space for people to have their feelings still. It's okay. It's okay. Hashtag All right. NBA. Well, if you are ready for the NBA Finals and a champ to be crowned, you can join the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Is New this customers. One of those things we don't like. Can make any $5 <laughs> NBA bet and get $150 in free bets instantly. And if you're looking to turn another small bet into a big payday during the NBA Finals, you can do that with same-game parlays. This NBA season, there was a customer who placed a $5 same-game parlay and won over $5,000. So if you think you got what it takes to do that, download the DraftKings Sportsbook I think that's a lazy parlay because if you get deep into parlays, you can make a lot of money. Five to 5000 come on, buddy. You can do better. (laughs) I feel like that's pretty good. I take 5000 That's not bad at all. I would be so <laughs> stoked about that. Uh, if you want to get in on the action, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code PHNX. And after you use that code, just make any $5 bet during the NBA Finals and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code PHNX only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 and older only. Arizona only. Gambling problem. 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only, minimum $5 minimum deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Saul, what's our pick of the week? Jason Tatum, 10 points, 3 assists in the first quarter for plus 3,500. Oh, Easy money. Take it. Put that and one Those other thing really in the parlay. You're going to win more than 5000 bucks for $5. Well, there you go. Now you, you place that bet when you use the promo code, and then you get $150 in free bets, and then you'll make even more money. I'm taking that bet, Saul. So. I like that. That's a good one. Well, that's our DraftKings pick of the week. It seems pretty lot. It definitely seems possible. Oh, yeah. All right. Shall we talk about what we hate about the Phoenix? Yeah, hate, hate, hate. I hate those jerseys. Can I? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) But I I actually want to start off with something that I hate that actually has a lot to do with you, Lindsay. Oh, boy. I motherfucking hated the Transformation Center. I so (laughs) hated that whole thing and how you got stuck in there for it felt like forever i just hated everything about that that thing was just it just didn't even make any sense it didn't make any sense the commercials were just what are we doing here and that's no hey, knock on you i thought you I did a fantastic job i know you did a fantastic job the arena but had. it became a joke at least in our office we're like she's never leaving the transformation center i wonder if they ever let her out do they feed her in the transformation center does she have water is she okay in there blink twice if you're okay Lindsay. Actually like, sent a swat oh my gosh that whole thing out. was just ridiculous well so, you should have come broke me out i mean just well, let me let me like well you were suffer you were like in a bubble because we were in the pandemic so true. i mean to be fair yeah she was all alone in there so it was, it was even worse <laughs> alone with my thoughts and feelings Oh Lord, that is uh, funny. Okay, so when I, well, do you guys want to start with yours first? I want to. I want to touch on a related one. To okay, that. go ahead. And you, I don't want to put you on the spot or anything, but I did not like the way that they did you and so many employees Absolutely. wrong during the pandemic. That was ugly to me, and that was gross, and I still have bad feelings about that. And I feel like I, I still haven't gotten over the fact that they never 
did anything to right that wrong. They never, they oh, never they really never... explained what happened or why. No, they nope. called DC it Headley, DC Headley is one of the best dudes you could ever yes. fucking mm-hmm. meet in your life. Yep. And the way they did him was just absolutely trash. With a but... kid with health problems, yeah, too. Man, it was that, awful. Look, and it wasn't... I'm going to get on the soapbox. And mm-hmm. one of the things I hate on my list is Robert Sarver's tenure at the Sun. So mm-hmm. let's just rip that Band-Aid off if we're going to start there. It wasn't just... It wasn't just in the pandemic the way that mm-hmm. stuff was held, uh, handled. Uh, you saw in the you know some of the reports that have come out over the last year. Toxic culture on the business side. They did a lot of people wrong throughout that. Uh, Lindsay included in that, and I think it's a shame that things were handled that way. And I hate that. And one of the thing, other things on my list. Uh, and I actually thought this was where you were going to go. The fact that they have no sideline reporter. I mean, mm-hmm. you were you were there. Now they don't have one. I think you set the standard and they can't find anybody to reach it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they couldn't come crawling back to you. So. Well, I, 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 I will say this. Unfortunately, um, what I have seen is around the NBA, there are selective cities that are starting to take that position away. Um, and they've actually – the Bally's took away – uh, the Diamondback sideline reporter, and they put they put people up in the in the booth, and I don't like that either because one of the cool things about that is the personal touch that you provide on on the court in the moment. Hell, we never get a Kelly Oubre freaking mic bump yeah. if, yeah, if you're not there on the sideline. The you know what I mean? Mic. And it's all well and good that TC and and Tom Leander are in the booth asking questions, but again, they're in a booth or they're watching the game from, you know, 500, 600 feet away, you're literally right there courtside watching everything, talking to the coaches. You're in the moment. Like, you got a better feel of what's going on down there. So um, I agree with you guys. I don't like that either. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the whole Sarver error has been problematic. We'll just – I'll leave it I mean, that. we'll just say with the tweet that I did send out asking people how they felt – about like the hate side of this conversation, that was the number one thing that you're was not re- being there anymore. No, oh. <laughs> <laughs> the the ownership was the yeah. number one issue that people had with this team. Um, secondary to that was just failure to win a championship slash history of coming up short, and then uh, third most. And this is not like I didn't go through and like count these, <laughs> but just based on what I was able to see and how often. Third most was basically that they love the Suns so much that it hurts, and I hate it. Yeah. Those were the top That's three. Fair. Those got, were the top three. You got to have a little masochist in you to be a fan <laughs> of this team. It comes with the territory. Yeah, I think that's outside of like the Yankees, the Celtics, and the Lakers. I feel like that's sports fans in general, though, because that's the great myth, it's, right? One out of out of thirty or thirty-two teams win a year so yeah. mathematically a bunch of fans are going to be horribly disappointed uh, at the, the end of the day yep. but it's tougher when you've been there for you know a oh, franchise yes. has been in this place for 54 years i think bef- i think they're up to fifth again winning his franchise and have never won it in the nba history that's it, with each passing year that it doesn't happen it gets a little bit harder to stomach that type of thing yeah i mean that that that's fair. I mean, yeah. it's definitely something we all can. And it's can weird because it. Suns fans or just Arizona sports fans in general never get mentioned in the same way as like the most tortured fan bases as other 
cities do, mm-hmm. like Cleveland or like there's empathy for those Minnesota. Ones, but for yeah. us, it's like, well, we hate you anyway, so too bad. We just we fly under the radar no matter what for some reason. I think it's because most people think of Phoenix as a sports town as relatively young. Yeah. Because all the other teams haven't been here that long. Mm-hmm. But it's but also I mean, like as a state, technically, if you're comparing any state on the West Coast to the East Coast, it would be younger. Oh, yeah. But I mean, I think that's part of it is it's a lot of these Midwest towns that, oh, Cleveland and the Browns, that's, you know, it's forever, you know, all mm-hmm. these things. It's like, yeah, 1968 was a hell of a long time ago, like when mm-hmm. the Suns came here. I mean, it literally was tumbleweed and cacti. Like it's, it, it's the cliche. That was. When the Suns came here, it was mm-hmm. it was not a, a metropolis like it is now. So yeah, it it sucks that it's been that long, and that there are people that have lived and and died without seeing this team win a championship. Yeah, mm-hmm. that definitely sucks. Yeah, one of the other things that I do dislike about the Suns is um, this one is more recency bias. I think the minute that we got good, the prices skyrocketed and i feel Mm -hmm. like they iced out a lot of the diehard fans who had been there through the 19 win seasons who were no longer able to afford to go to suns games they made it inaccessible to the people who had been around during the worst times through the franchise and i think that was really messed up like it wasn't like i understand a price increase when you become more popular team and you start winning the demand is there but like I remember last year people were talking about how prices were more than tripling sometimes in certain situations. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And that's That's aggressive. That's greed. I I hinted at this a couple of times during the playoffs, but I didn't want to directly call attention to it because I didn't want to make it seem like, oh, this is the reason the Suns aren't playing well in this playoff run or come off as sour grapes. But there was a noticeable difference in energy and just the seats being completely packed last year compared to this year. It felt like this year the building could still be electric, but it was nowhere near what it was last year. And I think a lot of that has to do with what Lindsay's talking about as far as people being priced out of tickets. Regular season too, not just playoffs. It's more more of like a a status than it is like an actual event that you want to go and enjoy. It's cool to sit courtside. It's cool to sit within the first 10 rows, but you know, half those damn people aren't even paying attention. You know, they're just talking and they're mm-hmm. just be to, just to be there or to go do the the other extras like the the club and mm-hmm. and free drinks and all that other stuff. Like, hey, listen, I I've been fortunate enough to sit courtside. I was very very lucky to do it. Um, but I'll be damned if I wasn't on my goddamn feet almost the entire time, like rooting on the Suns because that's what you're there for. You don't just sit there on your hands. And and you're right, like you could feel it in the building. You could see it on TV and hear it on TV. It just it was not the same as last year, for sure. Well, and it's not just those first ten rows. I mean, we've—I've told this story before. I, you know, my family paid eight hundred dollars for literally last row in the building tickets to Game One of the NBA Finals. My back was up against <laughs> the the stadium wall, and I'm mm-hmm. not making that up. And I mean, that's insane. You're never going to get a younger group of fans, you know, kids uh, in, you know middle-class families or, or lower, you know, earning homes to get to go out there. And that's how you build a long-term fan base is there has to at least be part of it that's affordable mm-hmm. uh, there for everybody. And that's how you get rowdy fans too. Right. That's why, you know, the upper deck tends to be the more rowdy place because that's where the true passionate fans 
tend to be not the people going to to be seen, uh, and that's that's painting with a wide brush. It's not everybody in the local yeah, no, world, but, but a, a lot of those expensive tickets are that case. It was it was just a different energy in the building, and it was weird because last year the bleachers would be damn near full before the game had even started, and there'd be random chants breaking out during warmups. And this year it was like, okay, the anthem's playing, and I see a lot of empty chairs. Not like you know, regular season empty chairs, but like more than there should be for a playoff game for a team that won 64 games. So that was unfortunate. Yeah, I didn't like that one. Do you guys have any others? I have one more. Uh, goats, <laughs> goats crapping in executive offices. See, I, yeah. that's in my love column. I think that's hilarious. I don't love that. It's, I, I have a couple others. It's, it's funny because of how tragic it is that that actually happened to an NBA yes, executive. It's not made up. I've seen pictures of said goats. They oh, were real. Uh, do you have more? Or I have a couple you, more. Go I ahead. won't. I won't go on a long rant. You can go with a few more. I I hate that we're that, and this is not anything directed at the players or the coaches or anything directly. But I do hate the fact that this was supposed to be the year, and instead we got a second round playoff collapse. I don't think even a title will ever erase the memory of what could have been this season because this should have been the year. And I think that kind of goes hand in hand with particular parts of the fan base, the Suns and Four stuff. The rapid rise to ascension also brought a lot of shit talkers to the fan base. And I, you know, it's not the reason they lost, but it was kind of come up for the team and the fan base as far as like, look, if there's one franchise that should not be tempting the basketball gods with Suns and Four chance after going up 2 0. It's this one. Like, have you not been paying attention to the 53 years that came before, or even last year when they went up 2 0 and we got the Suns and Four Chance? Like, that kind of mentality. And I know it's not everybody, and I know it's not the reason they lost, but that kind of mentality still bothers me. But, Gerald, you got to appreciate when you've been in a relationship that long, you need <laughs> to keep things spicy, right? Right. And they found in back-to-back years, two new ways to disappoint <laughs> us. So at least it was something different. Spicing right? up the toxic relationship. I don't know. I don't know if it was Espo's, uh, you know, pessimism rubbing off on me. But about like the last month of the season, mm. I don't know. I had a feeling like this might not be it. And so when it was finally not it, I wasn't as disappointed as I think Same. a lot of people were. Like I just, I was like. I yeah, think I wrote well. that off because they were resting guys and had nothing to play for. And I think it's fair to question whether that, you know, one or two week period helped get them rusty or or took them out of the right frame of mind that they needed to be in for the playoffs. But I I just you they basically kind of jogged down the home stretch and still won 64 games. Like if they had a reason to continue playing, <clears throat> they probably could have won 67 or 68. And that's an all time great team. And I feel like that gets lost by every measure. They should have been the championship favorites. And then it just fizzled. And that's something that like you'll kind of never get over as, as a fan or as someone who covers the team. I don't know. I had the same feeling you did. And I do understand Gerald, though your perspective of you kind of feel like it was resting guys and like kind Mm. of, you know, for lack of a better word, you were kind of coasting to the playoffs because you had already wrapped up the important parts of your season, like right. locking in the one seed and everything. Um, but it just, there was just this gut feeling mm-hmm. that it was something else, that it wasn't just the resting guys and getting to the playoffs. There was just something 
lingering inside that was like, I don't know, man. I, I, See, I saw I, no evidence I, of that. I felt, I felt like you got to work on your. Gut I, feel like I, felt, I feel like that's just the like, son's impulse I, to be like. No, no. I felt like there wrong. was things that we were, we were, we saw throughout the season that um, were were not obvious and not like you know somebody might have a bad game, but that's okay because Devin Booker bailed him out or CP3 bailed him out, mm-hmm. and it was all good. Once I started to see like, like CP3 as a game manager was like he was an okay game manager, but he would erupt in like the fourth quarter or whatever. Mm. And then once I started to see the teams like really going after CP3, even in the game where he was 14 for 14, like I said, I I, always, I will forever say this. It was the most like ugly and unimpressive 14 for 14 you could ever see. Cause it was just like mid range. It, it Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't flash. It wasn't like when he dominated uh, the, the very next round against Luca where he just made him look stupid time after time again. Right. It was like, you know, he hit every part of the rim and it was just like, it looked like a lot of effort to get that done. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when I saw that, I was like, huh. And then after the Luca thing and how Dallas attacked him in game three and three and four and nobody else was stepping up. That's when I was like, Oh shit! This is this is not good. And then Mikhail has a good game, and mm. game five, seemingly they're back on track. It just, I felt like I was always preparing myself for for failure just in case. And when you do that, it's a little bit easier to accept defeat the way. That's yeah, definitely I think a that's, trauma response, though. Oh yeah, some, for sure, a million percent. Yeah. A million. And I think percent. that's fair because, like, once the playoffs started, I think we talked about this when I was in New Orleans for what was it, game four, or game six on the post game show, and we all kind of agreed like. This team doesn't feel like a title contender right now. Yeah, no. But I still would argue, even as the regular season was winding down, I still very much felt like they were the favorites, that they would flip the switch like they had done all year long, and they just didn't. When you have a team that has chemistry, Mm -hmm. um, that chemistry has to be on point. And I I definitely felt like their their talent level wasn't so far supreme to everybody else, right? It was the chemistry that set them apart. Mm -hmm. And once that looked like it was starting to go away – that's when it was like, oh, fuck, this does not feel good at all. And it's such a delicate balance with yeah. chemistry. And yeah. when one thing, and we still don't know what that first thing was, but it acts like dominoes. And I think we just mm-hmm. saw that everything started imploding by the time you got to that seventh game and you get that reaction. I think Icon explained why uh, why it happened, though. I, he says, I named his daughter Devin. Uh, and then the Suns went nine and ten for the rest of the season in playoffs. So it's Icon's fault in the chat. Way there. to go, Icon! I, I have two other things that are on my hate list that we mm-hmm. uh, the jersey the Valley jerseys not coming back. Mm-hmm. Big on my hate list. I, get I, that. I love love that design. Love the court. Felt like it it was emblematic of of this team and this generation of Suns. And then the other one is the fact that the games on Valley Sports Arizona aren't available on any streaming Oh, my gosh, yes. Because I'm too cheap to pay for cable is what I'm trying to say. It's not going to change anytime soon either. Well, because it's not even that you're – There's nothing on TV, like cable, that I can't get on streaming sites except for Suns games. So I'm like, I'm not going to pay that much all year long just to watch Suns games. It's bad. That are five minutes behind real time. Yeah, supposedly they're going to be launching their own – streaming service where you can get all the teams it's gonna be like twenty dollars oh. a month oh yeah no, no so so um actually it's funny that you brought that up so um nesson i think um out in um new york out in uh, boston uh oh, wait, i'm sorry no, yeah, yeah nesson is boston. boston uh they just launched their own streaming service for the red sox mm-hmm. 
$30 a month or $330 for the entire se- season. Ooh. Ah, that's I, a lot of money. Sounds yeah, like Fox for one sport, sport. Fox or excuse me, Bally Sports won't be as expensive and you'll get the the Coyote If if, if that is next. if that is the the market rate set for them for just a team. Yeah, but that's the I Boston guarantee- Red Sox. Dude, no since, other fan base. I'm going to say this I list, working in that building Sinclair is a greedy fucking organization. Wait, they are going to charge wait, you arm and leg if to get if, if they think bucks, they can. It's not worth it. Nobody's going to pay it. You if, could if get Red Sox fans. You could have said it's going to be four hundred and twenty dollars a month, and they'd go wicked pissa. I'm in on this. Let, let's get my socks, dude. You could get ESPN Plus, Disney Plus, and Hulu bundle for oh yeah, some month. Oh, I know. <laughs> That's I know. Just for one team. That's for one team. That's, That's gross. Insane. Um, I like all the people who are like, hey, if you need help with any certain websites or technical issues <laughs> next season, let me know. Yeah. There you go. Yes. Solid. I, I, I That's know a where, real community I know where there. those are. Thank you. We'll, we'll keep <laughs> yeah. that on the DL. Um, last thing I had, and this kind of goes back to the fan base thing, and this is not for everyone again, but I hate that having a basketball discussion about DeAndre Ayton has become so difficult. Because on the one side, you've got DA stands. On the other side, you've got people saying DA is trash. And I just want to be able to find a happy medium. If you disagree with me on my opinion about DA as a basketball player or his skill set, that's totally fine. But in the offseason, especially with the way that the year ended and all the buzz around that particular topic, I hate that we cannot just have like a basketball discussion about where he needs to grow as a player, you know, who he is as a player, all that fun stuff. Again, my basketball opinion is not the end-all, be-all, but that's the kind of stuff I like talking about. And with DA, it feels like it's never about that. It's always about money held him back or the point God stunted his growth or ridiculous things like that that you can't really prove with any evidence. Or like him playing video games until 2 a.m. Yes, in the morning. Like it's, it's all just – it's on both sides, it's so aggravating, and mm-hmm. I wish we could just talk about more of the basketball stuff with him. You know nope. – Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, it's interesting that you bring that one up because uh, we did actually have a tweet that I that I grabbed from that um, tweet I sent out about what you hate about the Suns. I don't know how to pronounce this person's name, so I apologize. Ariello uh, said f- the fans. Suns have it rough with them. And I looked at this person's account. And in Wrong his one, bio, Emma. In his bio, it says he's a Bulls fan. Um, and there were quite a few of these type of tweets, though, in response and yeah. they basically were like, Suns fans are like the thing we talked about last week. You know, they're they're too much bark for not enough bite to back things up. But this one stood out to me because he said, Suns have it rough with them. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of goes in line with, Gerald, your idea around this conversation around DeAndre. And I feel like all too often times, majority, at least majority of fans, I feel like are pretty respectful to players. But we do have portions of our fan base who will literally at a player with some of the most outrageous words and just say things Mm -hmm. that are completely unnecessary that it's just like you need to pump the brakes like Mm -hmm. that is not okay i don't think that's just sun's fan no i think that's fandom as a whole but we are specifically speaking to sun's fans right now i think so i'm sorry you should never add a player if you have something horrible to say to them ever Ever. What's the point? What There's are you nothing. getting out of that? Like, He's just, just trying to incite a reaction. You're just clout somebody. chasing just like, to yeah. be angry online. Yeah. And, and, and what's the player going to do? It sets them up for nothing but fa- failure. 
Like yeah. if he responds to you, he he's going to be viewed one way or another, and it's just he's not going to respond like that. That's mm-hmm. just not their place. They don't care. They don't care that you think that they're a piece of crap. Like move just on. generally, don't tag athletes in anything Seriously. unless you're thanking them for something but or it, praising them or like be it, nice. Like it goes beyond just the tagging though. It's the conversation too. Like like you said, if you want to have a legitimate conversation. Uh, around like why he can be a better player or how he can be or things that need to be changed or whatever it may be. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But when you start making assumptions or attacking people's character based off of rumors, you're just adding fuel to a negative fire that is so easy for people to grab onto. Mm -hmm. And that does nothing for anybody. If you got a problem with me, feel free to just directly at me. Your hate fuels me. So that's, uh, hate, I just hate, would hate, like hate. you to know. <laughs> that's a that's a rough invitation. If you have something to say, I don't like, read like, that. Yeah, if you, if, if you have something negative to say, like, just think, would I say it to their face? Yes. Honestly. And about 99% of the time, you would absolutely not. And mm-hmm. I kind of like this little, this new wave. I'm, I'll, I'll just say what it is. I kind of like this new wave of NBA player that's kind of sick of the fan shit. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, you know what? No, you need to go because you just called me the N-word. Or mm-hmm. you just called, you know, you just went at my wife mm-hmm. in the stands. Like, yeah. no, you guys got to go. Like, you, you, all because you buy a ticket. And I understand, like, you know, if you want to sit if you want to sit courtside and talk shit to a player. But there's an art to it. There's an yes. art to it. If you if you go to the playground and dudes talk trash, like there's an art form to talking trash. Mm-hmm. You can't just pull shit out of your ass and make fun of somebody's, you know, mom or, or sister or whatever because of whatever. Like you got to come artfully with it. Right. So if you want to be courtside, like that's how you should should approach it. Like if you would say it to their face and you don't feel like it would be an altercation, by all means, go ahead. But most of these dudes and most of these people out there, mm-mm. They, they don't there's, understand that. They don't understand that. It's probably because they never got punched. That's why. There's there's difference between heckling and like going at yes. someone yeah. and treating them less than human well, like that. Charles asked a question in the comments said, but to be honest, will anyone really take constructive criticism as is without looking at it as shade? Here's no. the thing. Mm-hmm. No, I disagree. I think people would take constructive criticism, but it needs to come from the right place. If I'm a professional NBA level player, I am not going to take constructive criticism from a guy on Twitter. I'm going to take <laughs> constructive criticism from NBA-level coaches, oh. other NBA-level oh, yeah. players, people who are on yeah. the same level, which is the same way and reason why you see so many people in sports media and social media have, don't read the comments. Like, that whole thing took off. That It was like a whole natural grassroots campaign, don't read the comments, because it's like... If you're trying to provide constructive criticism, you have to think about how would you want to receive it? Would you want some random Joe Schmo off the street to come tell you that you suck at your job and no. here's what you need to be better? No. Or would if it was coming from a random, would you appreciate them being like, hey, you know what? I watched your show. I really love how you do this. But I think this would maybe help you be better in this area. What is it? Like it's context also matters. Absolutely. A million percent. You know, and, and like when this network and what we're trying to do, like I've been absolutely open about like if you have a problem or if you have some constructive criticism for what we do here hit me up in the dms Mm -hmm. i've probably got about 100 dms over the course of the last nine months from people that have said hey i like this but what have you ever thought about doing this or suggestions or even the when we when i put out the bar tweet um like there was a ton of responses like people were actually very very enthusiastic that we were going to do a sports bar and they had a lot of feedback and constructive feedback and where they we shouldn't put it because of X, Y, and Z. Like, it's okay to do that. 
but you can't cross the line. Mm-hmm. You can't cross the line. Be like, oh, don't put it in, in Mesa because I hate Espo's mom. Like, what the hell? That has <laughs> nothing to do. with My anything, mother is you know a mean? saint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you just you just gotta be cool about also, it. Also, but I love the responses to that tweet because they were all the same places that I was telling you you <laughs> need to do it. Yeah, no, because a lot <laughs> of them, a lot of them were East Valley there. Hey, no, it was all yeah. downtown. Hey, Lindsay, downtown. have you ever been to Gold Canyon? I think that's where we're gonna put yeah. the bar. Hard Apache <laughs> Junction. We're turning around the city, baby. Let's go. Can oh, we man. can we have a little fun to close us out? Wait, we, we have, we have one to because I have I to have get to one more. Uh, Bishnoth. This one stood what? out to me. Bishnoth. Oh, what the fuck did you say? Bishnoth. <laughs> you called me what? On Twitter said zero attention given to international fans. I think this one is also really important because we have so many fans in our chat who are tuning in from London and Mexico and Australia and all these different places, and I understand that it is a hard logistical thing to do in order to get merchandise to fans who are outside of the country. But I do wish more teams would give a little bit of love to international fans because they have to go through so much to even be able to consume the content and the games. So just just a little bit of love to them. Uh, I agree, but you know why they don't. Because it doesn't Business. make money. Yeah, I get uh, that, yeah. but still, I, that's why I hate it. I, I think it's dumb too because Running Sun's Twitter, you, you see... Uh, you know, I got a chance to see just how wide that uh, that fan base is in foreign countries, and they deserve the credit because they're just as passionate, if not more so, because sometimes they're getting up at two a.m. to watch a game. You know, making right. effort that that fans stateside aren't necessarily exactly. So. All right, let's have some fun before we get out of here. Mm-hmm. Can we put uh, the tweet up uh, that we had earlier from uh, John Boy, our friends over at John Boy Media? Yeah, let's look at this. Oh, this is uh, a this is going to be and let me pull up the actual tweet so I do it justice. This is the University of Miami and they're going to be serving vanilla milkshakes with buffalo wings, ranch and hot sauce all in one cup at tomorrow's baseball game. I hate whoever created this. I'll oh. just put the, that's on my list too. Dude, this is everything that I want in a cup. <laughs> This is- Coming from the man who doesn't like cheese, are we surprised? Uh, no, but that has nothing to do with cheese. We went. No, we- I'm just saying your taste is terrible. No, we wonder why awesome. we're the fattest nation in the world, and I'm part of that problem. But yeah. that's one cup with ice cream and hot wings Dude. and ranch, like and celery and carrots. We're like not, what on earth? We might as well call it the Widowmaker because that's not well, good listen, for anybody. The celery and carrots you toss out all automatically. You're not eating that shit. I, the fried chicken and ice cream? Hell's yeah! I love Are we how, serious? So Hello if I make comments. you one of those, will you but eat it? Yes. Yeah, like, I really know. First of all, you ain't making me shit because you don't cook at all. <laughs> so no, it's not I like will not fried eat. chicken though. Like fried chicken, it's like. A, a chicken, chicken wing. wing. Yeah. Not the same thing. Oh, I, what, what kind of chicken wings do you have that are not fried? Well, no, but when it's you when you say fried chicken, thing. you think of like fried chicken, not like hot wings. No, you I know, know but I mean? the 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 frying of the 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 wing is like no, that's I dude, just, this is money. I thought it was ranch when I saw the picture, and I was like, okay, that's pretty gross, <laughs> that's but at least ranch. that makes sense. And then it's a milkshake, and that's <laughs> with the ranch and hot sauce in the vanilla ice cream. <sighs> Ooh. Hello, in the chat said this picture is why other countries make fun of us. <laughs> Yeah, well, pretty much. Hey, listen, I'll try anything oh once. Oh, my God. And I definitely would try that. Listen, I'm not saying that I wouldn't. Well, okay, the question I have is because uh, the picture didn't have ranch and buffalo sauce mixed in, but the comment said there oh, no. was. It's right? in there. 
Oh, I didn't yeah, see it's it. In, it's in the mil- it's in the vanilla. That ice is cream. what I think is the most ridiculous part of this thing. Like, I can understand your idea. It's like French fries and ice cream. They like you take out the drumstick. I understand yeah. that. But when you add in buffalo sauce and ranch into a vanilla milkshake, what the yeah. hell is happening? Yeah. That that part, like I didn't see that either, so I don't I can't really confirm. Why are you sure it's it's in there? Yes, it says it's in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a hard hard no. Hard mm. no. Well, um, if you're gonna go out this summer to ballparks and try ridiculous foods, make sure you're safe and healthy when doing that. COVID-19 vaccines are free for everyone five and older. Those 12 and older are also now eligible for a booster. Visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location near you. You're not wrong, Charles. This feels like what did Charles say? He says, Saul seems like the quote, it's all going to the same place, end quote guy. (laughs) True. That thing looks like what you do when the edible hits, right? Oh, my gosh. I got the munchies. Oh, dude. If I had an edible, that thing is going (laughs) down. I think I'd even be like... Come that on. sounds pretty good. I, I would sit there and I would eat it. I'm like, come on, come on. You know you want to try. And then everyone who didn't have an edible would be like, no. What's not to like? No. You bite one in the meat, then you suck the 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 shake off the end of the stick. It's perfect. No. So gross. That's so perfect. Just very so different gross. flavors. So gross. So many Speaking flavors. of edibles, uh, thank you for that. Salty. Stop by your local dispensary and grab some amazing scratch-made THC gummies from our friends at OGs. They've got different flavors like blackberries and cream and watermelon. And if you are interested in trying all of the amazingly delicious varieties of flavors that OG's Brands has to offer, go to ogsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z brands.com to find OG's near you. I don't know why every single time I read the website for OG's, I want to do it with a jingle. Because it sounds like... uh... They're not a sponsor, so no. but it's like O G E E Z Brands dot com. Those, you know, that what I mean? catchy right you off. Really that. listen to the thing. No, like, every single time, that's exactly Tucson. what my head thinks. Yes, everybody knows jingle. all of them. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. I don't know why, but yeah. the website just immediately goes. To, we need a jingle. You're gonna have to start. We need a jingle. We're gonna have to clip like that and put now. it to music, and <laughs> we'll just play it. You backed yourself in a corner on this one. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. For I feel like in. that's coming up on the wheel of <laughs> of destiny. Love it. So excited. We'll see you guys again tomorrow at 2 p.m. Come hang out with us. Same place, same time as always. Until then, you can follow me on Twitter at Lindsay Smith AZ. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. And of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. Remember, if you have a death wish, the University of Miami has the drink for you. Ahoy hoy.